friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the August 29th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. It's day one at the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament in New York, and these fans are excited. I appreciate all they do, man. It's, it's amazing, the athleticism, the skill involved, just the technique is fantastic. I mean, they're hitting it 120 miles an hour. It's, uh, it's not easy. We just came. It was a great day. We enjoy with the kids, man. It's a beautiful day. Summer in New York. Got to come see the Open. It's, uh, it's the key. This is my 50th U.S. Open. I've been coming to the U.S. Open uh, since 1973. And my experience with the Open goes all the way back to the Westside Tennis Club, which is just a few miles over my left shoulder, also here in Queens, New York. Uh, the Westside Tennis Club, of course, was the site of many, many classic matches. Jimmy Connors, Bjorn Borg, John McEnroe, Chrissy Everett, Martina Navratilova when she defected from Czechoslovakia. And then, of course, ultimately the U.S. Open came here. Tennis was so popular it needed a bigger venue. And where we are now is the site of the old uh, World's Fair, the 3940 World's Fair and the 6465 World's Fair. And so they needed a bigger venue, built the National Tennis Center. Here we are. And now we continue to have the greatest tennis players in the world on the greatest stage in the world. One of the great players taking center stage in New York later Monday night is Serena Williams, the 23-time Grand Slam singles champion who is planning to retire from tennis. Serena will play Donka Kovinich of Montenegro in her opening match. Tennis fan Mark Steinberg, the man who has attended 50 U.S. Opens, comments. I'm very very sad that Serena's retiring. I think she was a huge value to the sport, uh, not only from the point of view of being a great player, but in addition to that, for people of color, she was tremendously important. For the women's game in general, she changed the game uh, because she was the first big-time power player that everybody else emulated. And even in terms of nuances of the game, things like an open stance backhand, Serena wound up bringing that to the game, and much credit to her dad, Richard Williams, um, and, you know, shout out to Venus also. So, yeah, I'm sorry to see them both go. I'm really, really happy that we have Serena one more time to celebrate at this Open. Yes, tennis fans are celebrating the retiring Serena Williams at the U.S. Open. U.S. Open Tournament Director Stacy Allister says Serena has meant so much to tennis. She's been such an extraordinary gift to our sport for the past 25 years. She's transcended our sport. She's transformed our sport. And um, we're happy for her. You know, she's, this has a, been a, a tough decision. Uh, we've know loud and clear what her priority is family who doesn't want that and uh we look forward to seeing how she does evolve and we know that uh she'll continue to have a terrific impact on our game even when she's not playing pro that's stacy allister the director of the u.s open tennis tournament 
And she was speaking in New York. First round action began Monday at the U.S. Open. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In professional golf, Irish star Rory McIlroy made a big comeback in the final round to win the Tour Championship in Atlanta, Georgia. George McNeely reports from Atlanta. At 21 under par, Rory McIlroy rallied Sunday in Atlanta to capture the Tour Championship for his third career FedEx Cup and an $18 million top prize. Incredible day, incredible week. You know, four over through two holes, uh, 10 shots out of the lead at that point to, to claw my way back and end up winning the winning the tournament. Um, incredible. Just a... Uh, just a real, um, you know, really proud of my resilience and how I sort of handled that start and um, just sort of stuck my head down and and kept going all week and, and took advantage of the opportunity that I was given today. McElroy overcame a six-shot deficit in the final round against world number one Scotty Scheffler and closed with a four under par 66 to become the first three-time winner of the FedEx Cup. Scotty Scheffler is going to win the player of the year. There's no doubt about that, right? So, I, you know, it would have been fitting for him to, to end his, his breakout season with a FedEx Cup title. Um, I think he, des- you know, he, he deserves this maybe more than I deserve it. But, you know, he, he played an unbelievable season. Um, you know, he didn't have his best stuff today, and, and I played well and took advantage of that. But uh, Scotty will have plenty more chances to win FedEx Cups. So, um, hell of a player, uh, hell of a competitor, even better person. Love his family. Um, you know, I, you know, like it's hard. You don't really know what to say on the 18th green because he's had such a great year. And um, yeah, but he will. He'll be back, and he's a great player. And um, I told him this certainly isn't the last time that we're we're going to have these battles on the golf course. Scheffler began the final round with a huge advantage thanks to an incredible finish to round three on Sunday morning. That's right. After play was halted on Saturday evening due to rain and lightning near East Lake Country Club, Scheffler would birdie four of the final six holes to go 23 under par. Six shots ahead of McElroy, who was 17 under to begin round four. I couldn't get enough looks. Um, maybe those, if, if I could take a few shots back, I'd probably take back the drive on 16. I'd probably that would be the one I'd like to have back. Um, but outside of that, I I really fought hard today. Rory just played a I mean a really good round of golf. He made some some key putts there at the end, and you know, he definitely deserved to win. Runner-up Scotty Scheffler shot three over par Sunday, while South Korea's Sun Jae-in equaled McElroy's four under par performance to finish in a tie for second place with Scheffler, one shot back at minus 20. So at 21 under par, Rory McElroy wins the 2022 FedEx Cup for the sunny side of sports. Covering the Tour Championship, I'm George McNeely. Thanks, George. We enjoyed all your excellent contributions covering the Tour Championship in Atlanta. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta says new Chelsea man Raheem Sterling 
was one of the stars of the weekend in English Premier League football. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. English strike of Jamaican descent Raheem Sterling scored his first goals for Chelsea, netting a brace to help his team secure a 2-1 win against Leicester at Stamford Bridge. The 27-year-old who completed his move to the Blues from Manchester City during the summer expressed his thoughts on the match. A massive team, team performance. Um, we wanted to bounce back from last week. Um, you know, we, we, we knew it was a disappointing game and this was the game to, you know, was to get back on track and um, we started, got, got down to 10 then, but it showed, got in at, at the break and then came out with a, a fast start, took our chances and defended really well. We knew it was going to be a game with a few chances for us and we, we had to make it count um, and that's what I, I tried to do is uh, sit at the edge of the box and just, uh, and just had a shot and um, had a bit of luck as well and so I'm, I'm happy with that. Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel also shared remarks on his team's victory. Very hard to play with 10 men for such a long time and uh, like you said I had the feeling we're total in charge. We had already a, a huge chance with uh, Ruben uh, loved his cheek to, to score very early. We had a penalty and then was not a penalty, so there were some, some, some but we were in full control and uh, everything was turned upside down and uh, we showed uh, the quality and the mentality to suffer and turn things uh, or push things to our favor, which was uh, very, very important today, of course. Vince Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel sharing thoughts on his team's victory over Leicester at Stamford Bridge. Arsenal retained their place at the top of the Premier League thanks to Gabriel's late goal, which earned them a 2-1 win over Fulham. Alexandra Mitrovic broke the deadlock, netting his fourth goal of the season in the Premier League before Martin Odgaard equalized minutes late after picking up a pass from English strike of Nigerian descent Bukayo Saka. Gabriel scored Arsenal's winner to make it four league wins in a row, leaving Mikel Ateta's side two points clear at the top of the table. The Guinness manager was proud of his team's performance. Really happy with their performance, um, with the attitude and, and the mentality that the team showed. I think we were on top of the game. Um, it was about being patient and um, and the goal would come because we were deserving that um, but we had to avoid mistakes and uh, we made an error it cost us a game but even though um, that happened I think the team showed uh, that against adversity Gavi individually how he continued to play it, and the team and obviously with the support that we have in the stadium right now makes things much easier and the team decides to win it's as simple as that Arsenal's keeper Martin Odgan also gave remarks on his team's performance yeah I think we played really good first half we just missed the goal and then we're a bit unlucky but that's football that happens and then it's the team's job to, to lift him up again and, and also he shows uh, you know great character to come back and score the winning goal and uh, I think it shows the team spirit you know someone makes a mistake we, we lift him up and we take responsibility and, and we strike back. Vincent captain Martin Odgaard reacting to his side swing against Fulham in the Premier League. Roberto Firmino scored and registered three assists as Liverpool equaled their biggest victory in the Premier League history with a 9-0 win of a newly promoted Bournemouth at Anfield. Luis Diaz also scored a pair of goals, joining Trent Alexandra-Arnold, Fabio Cavallio, Javi Elliott, Virgil van Dijk and Chris Miffen on goal to ensure Jurgen Klopp's men recorded their first league win of the season in style. 
Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp shared his thoughts on the match. It's the best result we ever got, obviously, but um, I think we played a few outstanding games and they're all different. Um, but in, in the circumstances, um, we wanted to show a reaction, we wanted to prove a point for ourselves. Um, it was obviously the perfect start in the game, which is the most important thing. Um, we, had di- we had immediately direction in the game. We were really um, on it, added whatever we want. Um, put the opponent on incredible pressure mm-hmm. with and without the ball. Um, and so kept the ball in a, in a, in a decisive area. Um, scored wonderful goals mm-hmm. from all areas, pretty much. Um, and you don't have that often, so that's clear. Um, but today the boys didn't stop, and that's good because it was... Um, we saw it before the game like this. Um, this must be at a proper start in the in the, in the, in the Premier League season now, and um, it looked like uh, we did a few things right. That's Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp speaking after his team thrashed Bournemouth at Anfield. Bruno Fernandes scored the lone goal as Manchester United secured a 1-0 win over Southampton at St Mary's. Here is the Portuguese playmaker's reaction to his team's performance. Uh, we knew that was it's really tough to play here against them. Uh, they play with loads of intensity, they have good quality, loads of bodies up front. Uh, they create many problems, but obviously we did a great game, great sacrifice, uh, great spirit and, uh, and a big win for us. Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag also shared his thoughts on the match. I think they learned some lessons from Brentford, quite clear. We are just more compact uh, on their long balls, um, so that was quite good. Um, of course, eh, we are really happy with this result and also uh, the goal we make and we make and uh, create some one, two, three more really cool chances. Um, but, uh, but you hope that you keep more control in the last 30 minutes of the game. Then Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag after his side and a slim victory at Southampton. Norwegian Benjamin Erling Haaland scored a scintillating 19-minute hat-trick to seal a 4-2 Manchester City comeback victory over Crystal Palace. City's manager Pep Guardiola assessed his team's victory. I would say that Erling has done uh, since was born, so... Always has done what I have done all his life. So in Salzburg and Befawe and everyone have been a score goals and this type of teams like uh, we strike the defensive deep, they have an incredible sense of goal. They make a, a three, especially the last one, but uh, the first one as well. So yeah, good good goals. Vent City boss Pep Guardiola sharing his thoughts of Manchester City came from two goals down to beat Crystal Palace at the Etihad Stadium. Moving on to the French League, Brazilian superstar Neymar scored his eighth goal in five matches this season to help Paris Saint-Germain secure one all draw against Monaco. German striker Kevin Volan had earlier given the visitors the lead before PSG eventually leveled through a penalty kick. The Parisians stay top of the table on goal difference ahead of Marseille. Registered a 3-0 win against Nice thanks to ex-Gunner star Alexis Sanchez's double. Nuno Tavares who's on loan from Arsenal. French striker of Malian descent Moussa Dembele scored an 86th minute equaliser as Olympique Lyon secured a one-all draw against him. Montpellier registered a 7-0 win against Brest. While French winger of Ivorian descent Jonathan Bamba, Yusuf Yazishi and Portuguese footballer of Guinea-Bissau and descent Thiago Jalo all registered the names on the score sheet as Lille beat Jansia three goals to one. 
Milan. And finally, in the Spanish La Liga, French footballer of Algerian descent Karim Benzema scored twice, while Brazilian star Vinicius Jr. added another as Real Madrid secured a late 3-1 win at Espanyol. In another fixture, Polish hitman Robert Lewandowski scored a brace as Barcelona cruised to a 4-0 win against Real Valladolid, reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. Prince mentioned the hat trick scored by Man City's Norwegian striker Erling Holland in the team's 4-2 victory over Crystal Palace. Holland now leads the Premier League in scoring with six goals. Three players, Harry Kane of Tottenham, Alexander Mitrovic of Fulham, and Rodrigo of Leeds are next on the EPL scoring chart with four goals each. And let's give a sunny side of sports shout out for Crystal Palace's Ivorian striker, Wilfred Zaha. He's off to a good start this season with three goals. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, Sunday. Some sad sports news from the northeastern U.S. state of Vermont. That's where Kenyan cyclist Suleiman Kanganji has died following a high-speed crash over the weekend in a race. The 33-year-old Kanganji raced for the East Africa-based Team Amani. In a statement, the team said, and I quote, Sule is our captain, friend, brother. He is also a father, husband, and son Gaping holes are left when giants fall. Sule was a giant. Now, Kenganji was competing in a 59-mile dirt road cycling contest in Vermont. He finished third in the Tour of Rwanda in 2017 while racing for the German UCI Continental Team. Rachel Rudo, the wife of Kenya's president-elect William Rudo, wrote on Twitter, and I quote, My heartfelt condolences to his family and the entire cycling community that has lost a talented cyclist, a mentor, and a friend. In African men's basketball, Nigeria's national team, nicknamed the Tigers, won one game and lost two during the recent FIBA World Cup Zone E qualifying tournament in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Host Ivory Coast defeated Nigeria 78-66. The Ivorians are the first African team to book a place at the FIBA Basketball World Cup 2023. Let's give a sunny side of sports salute to the men's basketball team from Ivory Coast. They will be competing at the Basketball World Cup 2023. By the way, this will be the first Basketball World Cup to be hosted by multiple nations, Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines. Getting back to that qualifying tournament in Abidjan, Angola also beat Nigeria 70-67, to and Nigeria's one victory came against Guinea, 89 to 70 in favor of the Tigers. For reaction to the performance of the Tigers, Iron Mike Mbonye called Abidjan, where he reached the secretary of FIBA Africa Zone 3, Joe Apu. My take on um, the Tigers game 
in the fourth window of the FIBA Basketball World Cup, 23 African qualifiers, is that um, the team um, did not give its best, best in the sense that um, the game, the game they played, uh, their last game, there were there were tons and tons of turnover, which cost them that encounter, and um, against uh, Angola. You don't play against Angola, a team has been African champions for 11 straight times, and you want to be lackadaisical. It was not very, very good the way they played because by the time they now tried to rally back, it was too late. So uh, for me, it was not a good outing generally for the Tigers of Nigeria. The Tigers won one game and lost two. Any chance or hope for the Nigerian national basketball team in the fifth window qualifiers? It's a tough one. And going into the last window, it means that um, we, Nigeria needs to win all her three games to come out perhaps as one of um, uh, the three best teams after the first two automatic qualifiers one of which is Cote d'Ivoire already. So it is it is a tough one, tough in the sense that um, Nigeria will have to put all it has, put her acts together to see that all three games, all three games, and I mean all three games in the last window is won. That will help to show up a position on the table if Cote d'Ivoire Kivet and Angola sleep. Who are the leading teams in the African qualifiers at the end of window four games? The leading qualifiers in Africa right now, as it is, we are, we already have Cote d'Ivoire that has qualified. In the same group, we have Angola and we have Kivet. But we must not forget that in Group F, South Sudan is leading the table with 17 points followed by Egypt and Senegal. And with this kind of um, positions on the table, it is very, very competitive. It is very, very exciting to see the level at which African football is growing. So it is a fight till the end. And that end is the last window in February 2023. That's Joe Apu the secretary of FIBA, Africa Zone 3. And Joe spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. 
And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle at VOA Sunny Sports. A Mickey Mantle baseball card has blast into the record books as the most ever paid for a piece of sports memorabilia. The AP's Bobby Kina Calvan reports from New York. The mint condition card sold for $12.6 million. The card features one of baseball's most legendary players. It eclipsed the record set just months ago when a shirt worn by soccer star Diego Maradona sold for $9.3 million. Excitement over the Mickey Mantle card built through the night. The auction netted a huge profit for Anthony Giordano, a 75-year-old New Jersey waste management entrepreneur who bought it for $50,000 in 1991. The money part of it is, is one thing, but being able to take that journey with... My family and, and my boys and my, my grandchildren, I mean, it was amazing. It's just, just amazing. The card was one of dozens of sports collectibles up for sale by Heritage Auctions. In all, the items raked in some $28 million, nearly half from the Mickey Mantle card. Bobby Kaina Calvan, New York. Thanks, Bobby. Mickey Mantle died in 1995 at the age of 63. He played his entire Hall of Fame career with the New York Yankees, the most successful team in Major League Baseball history. The Yankees lost Sunday to the Oakland Athletics 4-1, but the Yanks are once again having another winning season. They've won 78 games and lost 50 putting them in first place in the American League's East Division. Just ahead, the AP's David Schuster has a roundup of Sunday's Major League action. We move to the Diamond, specifically St. Louis, where Mike Reeves recaps the Cardinals' 6-3 win over the Braves. Tommy Edmonds' eighth-inning solo home run off of Atlanta relief pitcher A.J. Minter ties it 3-3. Then Tyler O'Neill's three-run bomb puts the Redbirds on top as the Cardinals rally past the Braves in the late innings for the second straight night. Dansby Swanson crushes a three-run shot for the Braves. St. Louis remains six games in front of second-place Milwaukee in the NL Central. Atlanta sits three games off the pace of the division-leading Mets in the NL East. Down in Houston, the Astros defeat a Baltimore 3-1, but Dusty Baker saw his star pitcher Justin Verlander leave the game with discomfort in his right calf. He felt that when he covered first base, it was his calf and, you know, the best of, of bad news. I mean, we were glad it wasn't anything to do with his elbow or arm or anything like that. So we'll just have to wait until he has the imaging uh, tomorrow. In New York, the Mets were going for the sweep against Colorado, but Buck Showalter saw his team come up short 1-0. We won three games against a major league team out of four. It's really hard to do. I don't care where you're playing, who you're playing. Coming off a tough road trip, I'm uh, proud of where, the way they went after it. We faced some uh, guys that, that threw the ball well. The Dodgers moved to 50 games over 500 with an 8-1 victory in Miami. Washington defeated Cincinnati 3-2 as Patrick Corbin recorded the win, snapping a 43-game drought of national starters not getting into the win column. Other games of note, Seattle 4-0 over Cleveland, Oakland 4-1 over the Yankees, the Angels 8-3 over Toronto. At the Little League World Series, Hawaii won its third championship, defeating Curacao 13-3 in four innings. I'm David Schuster. Thanks, David. How good was the Hawaii team that won the 2022 Little League Baseball World Series Tournament? Well, in six games, all victories, the closest margin was four runs. Hawaii outscored opponents 60-5. to 
Finally, with the retiring Serena Williams getting ready for her first match later Monday night at the U.S. Open, what's been Serena's impact in black America? The AP's Ed Donahue tries to answer that question for us. With Serena Williams indicating she could retire after the U.S. Open, her legacy is taking on a whole new meaning on and off the court. At a tennis tournament in Central Park in New York, 13-year-old Asalia LeBron is one of the only black girls competing. Honestly, she's a very beautiful person. She calls Serena Williams an inspiration. People of color are always put down because of the way they look or some people's ideas think they can't do as much. So putting Serena as a role model and all she's done is really good. Tennis coach Joanna Rosario says through all the adversity, Serena Williams has prevailed. Her being an African-American, her like coming up from literally nothing and becoming something, that's an inspiration for all of us. Rosario says she understands Williams' need to focus on family. To have just the capacity to take whatever is like thrown at her. Like, that's something that you can use in your everyday life. Serena Williams' first pro match was at the age of 14. She's now 40 and has won 23 Grand Slam titles. I'm Ed Donahue. And that wraps up the August 29th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Sunny side of 